Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today, we have a very special guest with us, all the way from Australia. But before I introduce her, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program tonight, or today, because it is daytime in Australia. <laughs> so today, we will get to know our guest, and we'll also find out how does she envision building a creative society, a society where everyone is happy and lives a fulfilled life? And if you never heard about Creative Society, it is a project of our civilization that is run on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement by volunteers from over 180 different countries in order to build a society that we all can be proud of. Please visit alatraunites.com to learn more about this global initiative and take part. So today, my name is Olga and my co-host is Steve. Welcome, Steve. Good to see you. And with us, we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Kathleen Ann, and she is the money and marketing mentor. Welcome to the program. I'm so pleased to be here and thank you very much for the invitation. Nice to meet you. Awesome. We're so excited to have you. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and what do you do? Ooh, well, I've been around a little while, as you can see from my grey stripes. <laughs> so uh, I have my own business, have done so for about 27 odd years now, but it did come from a corporate background, uh, indirect response marketing. So I've always been very passionate about how people can, you know, go their own way, make their own um make their own money, really, and not rely on being employed by anybody else. It gives you so much freedom. It's one of the values that I hold, having a personal freedom. So that's what I do now. I work with other business owners and I really help them position themselves in the marketplace as the expert. So uh, experts get to charge more. And I think we should be very well paid for the difference that we make in our clients' lives. And that brings me great joy. It's something I just get daily uh, fulfillment from. So that is my chosen path. And I do that from my home office. I live in the most beautiful place in Sydney. I overlook the Georges River just out the back of my home, have a swimming pool in my garden and birds all over the place. And uh, it's very idyllic. And I have a 10 second commute from my upstairs down to my office. That's pretty much how I fill my days. That is awesome. That is, and I love what I want to talk later about more direct response. It's one of my, my passions as well as a direct response world. So we'll chat about that, but we'd like to get to know you a little bit more. Our crack IT team has scoured the internet looking for pictures of you and they found Ooh. some cool ones. So they're going to put a collage up on the screen. If you take a look at that and tell us about the pictures as we get to know a little bit more about you at a personal level. Okay, it'll be fun. Oh, well, you can see that I like to talk. I'm on podcasts whenever I get the invitation. And I love that opportunity that technology brings us to be connected all around the world and share our message and be involved in making a difference. Bringing what we know to other people in such a magnificent uh, 
captured way that can be reviewed again and again. So you'll often find me at the front of the room. My mum reckons I was talking before I was walking and I was walking when I was 11 months old. <laughs> so I think I was a pretty early starter on that speaker's platform. I'm also one of the regional leaders for BX Networking, and that's a group of uh, professional business owners, and we work really together to help each other build our business. And uh, we start every conversation with, how can I help you? And the more you help other people, the more you get what you want. We all know that. Um, I have a few awards. There's a couple of those up on there. I say to people, I'm a marketing coach, and if you don't enter awards, you're never going to win. And the reason most people don't win is because they don't enter. So I'm very supportive of helping people put their best out there and claim their fame. It's one of the things I think, particularly for women, tend to hide out a bit. So I help them step up and say what their value is and charge what they're worth. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. That's so amazing. And we can see that you really is a community leader. And uh, what type of qualities do you think a real, real leadership um, inspire other people to be? Like, what are the, some of the hu best human qualities a leader needs to have? Well, it's, that's so fascinating. And looking around the world now about leadership and the people who are in those positions, some of them have lost touch with their values, I believe. So I really think that to be a leader, you, you need to understand and identify the values that you hold true. Because if you waver from those, then you're likely to fall off your pedestal. So values are very important. And my, my mum passed away last year. She was 94. So I come from good genes. And I feel that the maturity that we get as we age is worth continuing to put out there and make a difference to those coming behind. And as well, in your own environment, making a difference to first your children and grandchildren, of which I've got two kids and nine grandkids. So I'm always in that position. I'm the, the um, matriarch of my family now um, in my, since my mum's passed on. But my mother gave me the values that I have. And I, I'm often quoting my mum. Things come out of my mouth that my mother said. And it keeps me grounded in what's truly important. And family is truly important. And once again, that brings back to the, the values that we mostly inherit and I've been very fortunate to inherit great values and be part of a community that like-minded people. And I think that's in essence, what we really need as a leader is to stand up and be held accountable uh, to hold true to our values. Mm, that's wonderful. Kathleen, you said something really interesting. And one of the things in creative society that is really important is the concept of personal responsibility. But sometimes people mistake personal responsibility as me, me, me. Yeah. You said and selfishness and the like, yeah. yeah. And but you mentioned you start your conversations with how can I help you? How important is that concept of how can I help you in building a better world? So Steve, what happens then if you ask somebody how you can help? And then of course they'll they'll share if there's something you can do right there and now. And the doing, if people don't take the action, what's the point of asking? So the process of actually getting into action and taking the steps to fulfill the help that you've offered in whichever manner that you can. But guess what happens? That person says, and how can I help you? 
So in that sort of community, when it's all about what goes round comes round, and I'm very um, passionate on that, I feel that if we hold on tightly to what we feel is ours and maintain that exclusive ownership, how can that be healthy for anybody? And how miserable for the person who lives in such a tight environment? So that, how can I help? Good way to start any conversation. Yes, and, and also what you mentioned is that you believe that everybody should be able to, you know, make enough money to support themselves, their family, and not to worry about the future. And this is what we talk about when we say uh, creative society is actually ability for people to make enough money and even more if they wish to, uh, to support themselves and support the lifestyle they deserve. So how important it is really to value our skills and to have that security that, you know, tomorrow I, I'm not going to be hungry tomorrow and tomorrow my bills going to be get paid. How important it is to create those type of conditions. Sure. And that's one of the things that I'm known for in my business. My whole premise for being in business is to help people charge what they're worth. And that comes, uh, Steve, on the one hand, about being positioned in the marketplace and understanding marketing as against selling. Uh, but also self-worth because this is underpinning and undermining people being able to hold their hand out. And I know when I left corporate, I had the corner office and the company car and the parking place downstairs and a salary that no matter what I did, I'd get that salary every month. And then when I stepped out into my own race mm -hmm. and I had to actually come to my, change my own mindset. I really, struggled with the idea that I could earn under my own efforts what I was being paid as an employee. I mean, how crazy is that? I was the one getting paid for the great value I offered the company. And yet as the owner of my own company, I had to really work on that, how to pay myself, charge well for what I do for people. And I know the difference that I make. So why was I unable then to marry those up it was just all down to mindset and I think that's the thing that most people when they stop and understand what's driving their thoughts and people listening to this probably already know but some people don't that it's your thoughts that create your feelings and it's the feelings your emotional guidance counter that actually gets you into action or inaction and that's the whole premise here is that we need to be aware and once aware you can't go back you know once you know something you can't unknow it or once you've seen something you can't unsee it so it's progressively opening up to what's really true and what's really true is how you think and uh, then of course the action that you take and it's always comes back to that decide and take action get out there just do it and if it isn't quite what you needed, you will be further advanced and you can do it again. <laughs> and the better you get, the better you get. So that value, as we come back to that part of this conversation, self-worth is very important, but then understanding that people will pay you to solve their problems. And if you are a problem solver, then you are going to have an endless queue of people wanting your help. Hmm. I'm going to ask uh, a question that's going to be in two parts. One is for now. Olga is going to lead us into some creative society discussion as we transition into really discussing more deeply how we create this creative society, how we build it. 
but you mentioned something as you moved, you had to have a mind shift. That's almost, I would use the word paradigm shift, how you can mm. transition. And a lot of times we're looking at, so how important is making that and how do we begin making a paradigm shift from that we're an employee to, look, I have value, I can charge, it's okay. But I want you to think in the back of your mind for the next section is, how do we make a paradigm shift from a consumeristic society to a creative society? And I'll let you answer that later after Olga talks about that. But the first time, how can we shift from we're the employee to we're not the employee anymore? And now we have a right to get paid. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, Great yeah, that's up. a big thing. And it depends too whether you jumped or were pushed. Now, in Australia, we call it um, retrenchment. Uh, euphemism for pushing and you out the door <laughs> and I, I was not about to jump. I had inherited probably three other managerial roles as other people were being ushered out and of course corporates are still behaving this way. People are dispensable and um, plenty more where they came from which of course isn't true but the human value in, uh, in big companies was really being lost. So when I was, uh, I, I call it, I got the don't come Monday invitation. I think that says it all. <laughs> so Friday Arvo, don't come back. And I was actually going to Europe the following week. And I, I thought that was fantastic. I could go away freed of feeling whether I, what I was coming back to. And I didn't need to concern about that. So I had a lovely holiday. And when I came back, I bought a set of golf clubs, actually, Steve. I'm not sure if you, Olga or Steve, are a golfer, but the, the, I played around for a little while longer. I truly didn't know what next. And when I came to the decision, it was more based on I can't go back into a corporate role. I think I'm pretty much over being an employee and, and perhaps unemployable by then because I didn't want to be told what to do. Never been particularly good at that either. So I, I went into business. That was my, my decision. So that was where I was deciding, okay, how do I make my way? Um, and I went down a rabbit hole. I have to share that quickly. I went thinking my network's in corporate. I had a 20-odd year career in direct response marketing of financial services. I've been headhunted to a couple of different um, organisations. So everything I had of, of my inner worth, if you like, was there. So that's what I did. But that was sort of just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. So I had to get over that. And it took me a little while before I really found my way and figured that I, I really needed to reinvent myself and find a different market, one that actually did bring me joy and not, I actually, in the corporate, I was going in pitching for business I hoped I wasn't going to get because then I'd have to do it. <laughs> That's not a whole great role uh, business model, is it? So yeah, so that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay, you so much. Yeah. Bought me joy and and made my own way then. And the first time somebody paid me for what I had created and what I had done for them, my thoughts there were, I've got a license to make money. That's what mm. I thought straight mm -hmm. away. I thought no one else will ever tell me not to come Monday. And uh, I will make my way and I will find people who will value what I do and be prepared to pay me. Wow, that's amazing. And I really like the analogy of we are on Titanic shift. 
ship right now going as a consumeristic society and we really are not going in the right direction so right now is the time to change our mindset in the most peaceful way and in the most legal way possible into the creative society where human life is number one priority so right now i'd like to show our audience the eight pillars of the creative society and those eight pillars were put together because we have interviewed millions of people around the globe and they told us that they want to live in an amazing society and they described it for us. They also let us know what unites all people all over the world. So those are the eight foundations on the screen right now. So first one is human life, second one human freedom, third one human safety, Fourth one is transparency and openness of information for all. And then we're going to go through them really quickly through the video here. So here's the fourth one, the transparency and openness of information for all. The fifth one is the creative ideology. Number six is development of personality. Number seven is justice and equality for all. Number eight is self-governing society, as we talked about uh, personal responsibility. So I know that you said that they all resonate to you and they are indivisible and they really are. They are the pillars. But we also wanted to discuss the uh, freedom uh, foundation about the freedom so it's number two foundation, if we can have it up on the screen, and then I will read it for our viewers. So number two is human freedom. Every human is born with the right to be a human being. All people are born free and equal. Everyone has the right to choose. They cannot be no one and nothing on earth above a human being. His freedom and rights. The implementation of human rights and freedoms must not violate the rights and freedoms of others. So Kathleen, please comment on this foundation and how important is it? In, can we focus on that, um, the first one, the freedom originally? Um, why, why that one speaks to me, there is, for people like myself, I, I have felt blessed, particularly with what's going on in the world today, to be born in Australia. Now, that is as it is. We, um, we have a different society. We have some of the ills of, of Western society and we have some of the more positive. However, that ought not to be a right of where you're born. It ought to be for everybody to feel that you are free. Freedom of speech, yes, but not against other people. Why is it that some people need to put others down to lift themselves up? And I see that at an individual level. I see it at a, a country level, a business level, political level, wherever. It's denigrating. And why is it that we insist that other people have to suffer for us to get what we want. And I, I feel that that is, I just have to say luck to be born in Australia at this time in the evolution of the world. It's one of the, one of the things that um, I, I truly look around and think it makes me very unhappy and sad and grieving to see 
some of the decisions made that impact so many people and made from elected people who were meant to be doing the best for all. So freedom to speak, to move around, to be uh, equal. And, you know, Australia's got its history for our um, First Nations people as well of mistreatment and once again, so much knowledge in that community if we were wise enough to have tapped it and and to go forward with that instead of um, denigrating others to elevate whatever, you know, race, religion, whatever comes into it, it's all some, something um, that other people's agendas. So freedom to me, we shouldn't need to have restrictions on people if they weren't restricted in the first place. Mm. Yeah, so that's a very big one. Human freedom is, and like, I like how you said, and I really appreciate your attitude of thankfulness of where you live. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be in the United States. Um, and so I, there's, we do have freedoms. And as much as people complain about this country, we can get away with a lot of stuff. We can, you know, talk about our leaders. We can say terrible things and we won't end up in jail tomorrow morning or disappear uh, if in other countries. So uh, the question is this, if we want to bring human freedom and these human values to the rest of the world, how do we begin? And as an individual, now we can't obviously change our government immediately, but as an individual human being, what are one or two things I could do to bring more unity where I'm at? Um, well, one of the things I do personally, I, I cannot go past seeing a disjustice and not have my say. And at some times it gets me into a bit of strife. And other times, um, if I haven't spoken fully, then I beat myself up <laughs> to be able to say what you think, but in, in a, a meaningful, helpful way, you know, not in that denigrating way. So I think as individuals, we have to speak up when we see an injustice. On the bigger size of the like running of a country for instance politics if if we had a person on or in our governments whose sole role was to vet what went through consideration with some something like these eight pillars does it pass muster will this be something for the good of all or will this be more of the old protectionist, more the same. So that I think would be a very constructive thing. That would be very democratic to have a voice of the people who was elected outside of politics, I have to say. So politicians have their place, but somebody who's just not a politician and we all have different structures. It's, it's fascinating for us to watch how your country runs in, in the US with elections. It's mind-boggling how long that process goes and how, how the outcomes uh, occur uh, compared to what we have. And in Australia, we, we have to vote. It's not something like in your country where in the US uh, it's up to you whether you vote or not. In Australia, you have to vote or you're fined. Basically, they want people to have a voice. And if that means making them 
go and vote and learn a little bit about what's going on around them, then so be it. So that is one of the things I think is, is a good idea to have people get out and make a vote because you can't sit back and complain if you've had no role in electing who, who you want to run a country or a company or whatever else that might be a, you get to have a voice about. So that's my thing is, you know, speak up, find somebody that would be, I mean, for me, that would be utopia if we had somebody all around the world in those governments making any sort of decision who was vetting. And, and even if we just vetted it on one of the pillars to start with, that would be making a great leap forward. Yes, definitely. And that's why this is a, an evolution process. It really is something that we all have to decide together as human beings and human citizens of this planet. And that we really have to put out the request out there that this is what we really want. We don't want any more profits in someone else's pocket. We want the profits of human life, the profit of human safety, the profit of human freedom to be ours. So thank you so much. And I know that another foundation that really spoke to you is human safety. So let's uh, read that and then maybe we can discuss that for a couple more minutes. If I can have this uh, foundation up. It's number three, human safety. It's kind of a long one, but it has all the parts. <laughs> so no one and nothing in society has the right to create threats to the life and freedom of a human. Every human is guaranteed free provision of essential life necessities, including food, housing, housing, medical care, education, and full social security. Scientific, industrial, and technological activities of the society should be aimed exclusively at improving the quality of human life. Guaranteed economic stability, no inflation and crisis, stable and the same prices around the world, a single monetary unit and a fixed minimal taxation or no tax. The security of human and society from any kind of threats is ensured by the unified global service that it deals with emergency situations. I know it's a big one, Kathleen, but tell us uh, why it is so important to you and to all of us. Well, it actually feeds into the, the first one, because if we're not safe and we don't feel safe, how can we be free? So I've, they're married together, those two, for me, which is why they both jumped out. I feel that in, in that safety, like we have a safety net in Australia, so there is a tipping point where people aren't tipped over the cliff, if you like. So we, we do have a benefit structure. We do have Medicare. We have a lot of the uh, support for individuals and families. And yes, we always think it's never enough. Uh, we're not a big country, but a lot of our uh, income in our country goes to uh, people and those sort of support mechanisms. Other countries don't have that. It, it just, if we could just see that that's, as you say, a basic human principle, really, to be safe. <laughs> we have gun control. It's another thing. And I think the right to bear arms, um, I know it's in the American Constitution, but my goodness, when I see what transitions out of that, and yes, we have people in our country who are licensed to have arms, and we have criminals who shouldn't have them. But the majority of the average person doesn't walk around carrying a gun they don't have one in their home and that 
that for me, I feel a lot safer knowing that most people are unarmed than if they were armed. So it's a, once again, it's just the way our countries have evolved. And we took the decision, oh, I must be 25 years or whatever it was ago now after one of those dreadful massacres that enough is enough. And uh, we backed our prime minister to bring in gun control. And that's what I, I feel that's a big safety measure. So there, there's so many little things that could go together to make the world a lot safer. And we're talking here about you know, guns and knives in our own community, but of course on the world scale, the weapons are bigger and better and not, not under our control. So removing, which some of the world leaders have attempted to do, some of the, some of the global uh, possibilities of such huge harm from weapons that, you know, mass destruction, let's face it, how can you feel safe when those weapons are out there? So for starters, I think the safety net to catch people on a basic human level, but then the bigger safety about disarming the world. And um, mm. that's another big one. I like that. And that's going to require, That's uh, we're going to leave it there with that too, because it's such a powerful statement because it, it goes to the paradigm shift of moving toward harmony and unity amongst people of different nationalities not taking away from their uniqueness, not trying to change them, but celebrate who they are as individuals. That's what the creative society's really step one is. Uh, we'd love to have this conversation for another hour with you, Kathleen. It's been really fun. We can't. Uh, <laughs> we do want to know, we believe in the rule of six handshakes. We want to celebrate other people. We want to get them on. Is there anyone in your network that you might recommend to us to be a guest on our show? Well, someone who comes to immediate mind, uh, and I've known this lady for more than a dozen years. We met when I was training in, in, in the States, actually. I've been, been to America uh, several times and uh, some of my business training I undertook there. So from there, we've maintained a mastermind group well over 12 years now, and we're always in conversation, uh, not about politics, um, about business and, and about uh, just supportiveness for women in business and, and those other things that we share as women, grandmums and, and, um, and, and the rest. So I would really love to recommend her. She's already a, a wonderful speaker, a community worker, and she's a descendant um, of um, Harriet Tubman. And uh, her name is Harriet Tubman Wright, and uh, she's the owner of Wright Resort. And her whole philosophy and what she um, helps with women in particular and, and women, women of colour and women of age. I'm, I'm a feminist and an ageist. <laughs> and I think that giving a voice to people to, uh, to follow their life's calling, which is what Harriet uh, works with. So she talks about your soul's calling. And it's really, are you doing what you're here to do? Are you having joy in what you're uh, doing in the world today? If not, how can you get back on track? What's important in helping people live their life and not somebody else's dream? So wow. Harriet, if you're watching, um, coming your way. 
Yes, we will be in touch with you to invite you to our program because we really want to know about the soul callings and what are we here to do, really? Are we really here to suffer or can we live in peace and harmony together? So thank you so much, Kathleen. And thank you so much for inviting your friend. And also, before we go, is there something we forgot to ask you or is there something you would like to wish to our audience tonight or today? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've covered a lot, but one thing I would say, and, and I contributed to a book called Trust Your Heart, Building Relationships to Build Your Business, and I've always been about that. We can't build a business on our own. We can't change the world on our own. It's all about relationships. And Steve, we'll have to have a talk another time about direct response marketing because that's relationship marketing as we know it and having that ability to communicate one-on-one. -on -one. So I would say, just trust your heart, follow your dream, no matter what the dream stealers say, find your way, because not only will you find a way to bring you joy in your life, but I'm sure that it will be financially rewarding as well. Yes, thank you so much, Kathleen. It was such a pleasure to have you on. And for our viewers, if you would like to learn more about the project Creative Society, please visit alatraunites.com. And on the website, you can click join us button. And you can also tell us your support for Creative Society. Right now, we are building the request of people and we are building a kind of a momentum to let every single person know about the creative society because the as we all know and act towards it then it will become our reality and the faster we all know about it the faster we can start building it and moving it to the second step and third step so right now at the informational step we welcome you to share your information with your friends and please use two hashtags hashtag creative society hashtag Alatra Unites. Kathleen, thank you so much for being on, such an amazing guest. Steve, thank you so much for co-hosting and volunteering today. And to our IT guy, Roman, thank you so much for waking up at 3 a.m. He lives in Moldova to do it for us. Today, we are truly international and tomorrow we will be living in a creative society. Thank you so much and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.